Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is Thursday, October 29th, 2020. On the show today, it was announced yesterday that four Nationals, their contracts would not be renewed. We talk about that, whether they could come back or not, and a whole lot more busy show today here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it. So the four players whose options were not picked up, it was Adam Eaton, whose $10.5 million option with the Nationals was declined. He took a $1.5 million buyout. Anibal Sanchez had $12.5 million uh, next season in salary. That was a team option. The Nationals declined that. They went with a $2 million buyout. Then Howie Kendrick and Eric Thames had mutual options. The Nationals declined to pick up their end of the mutual option. So Kendrick, who had $6.5 million on his option next year, gets $2.25 million. Eric Thames, who's on the books for $4 million, gets a $1 million buyout. So in all, the guys were totaling uh, together. Their salaries were going to be $33.5 million. So technically, the Nationals open up that much uh, cap space, I guess you could say, if you will, compared to what they were spending in the previous season. But they did eat $6.75 million in terms of buyouts. So it was a net of $26.75 million in terms of what they were, you know, going to spend next year and what they're now not going to spend. Uh, so, you know, in terms of what's opening up if you are the ownership, you know, you, you have to look at the money. Also, you spent two to buy those guys out as well, even though it doesn't go against your cap tech. So all of that stuff said, I want to go to the one guy that I think there's a good chance he does come back. Howie Kendrick, if he plays baseball next year, is going to play for the Washington Nationals, in my opinion, right? He ends the season and says, you know, I was considering retirement, but I didn't want to go out like this. And Kendrick still has a great bat. They can find spots for him. And I think if they bring him back, it's going to be for a low cost number. So I do think there is a chance with Howie Kendrick. Um, for really quickly for Eric Thames, there is no chance in hell he comes back. It was a really bad year for him. He, you know, good locker room guy, good clubhouse guy. And the guys seemed to like him, but the production on the field, uh, power left-handed hitting, it was not there. And and he did not bring much pop to the lineup. He was not a, uh, a productive member. And this lineup needed him to be as guys went down. You saw guys across the league step up for other teams in these situations Eric Thames' numbers, nowhere near good enough. I already went through them on the first base, uh, first base rather position breakdown. If you guys want to go back and hear that, you can. With Kendrick and Thames now gone, and COVID a real possibility, you know, being a factor next season, and probably if it's as bad as it is right now, I don't think it will be, but, you know, it's hard to assume. If COVID is like it is, I'm not sure Ryan Zerman comes back and plays baseball next season. So there are three of your first base options out the window in Thames, Kendrick, and in Ryan Zerman. So I think now that is a, that is an area where the Nationals are going to make a move in free agency. But I'm just kind of acknowledging that. So put that aside. Let's talk about that in a, you know a little bit later in the show. But for right now, uh, just know that that's kind of you know, the first base situation. If you want to think about it in terms of what do these moves mean for each position, right? What does this stuff mean? All right, on to Adam Eaton now. So Adam Eaton for the Nationals had uh, $10.5 million 
for next year left on his contract. The Nats buy him out for $1.5 million. So the story for Eaton was just the decline, right? This season was uh, was a disaster for Adam Eaton. I mean, it wasn't like one of the worst seasons I've ever seen, but he was uh, 226, 285, 384. Those were his splits. 11 doubles, four home runs. He had a negative 0.5 F war. And also, too, he struggled to get uh, comfortable at the plate, and this is something that he even spoke about as much. He also noted how his year did not go well, and he thought it was a pretty fitting end when he ended up on the disabled list. So for Eaton, I think the fit for the Nationals just kind of, it kind of ran out, right? It kind of ran out its its course. And last year, if you go back and watch Adam Eaton, especially the playoffs, something he did very well was hitting with Trey Turner on, right? Moving the runners going, keeping the line going early on in the, in the um, batting order, right? He kept that line moving for the Nationals and put multiple, it was very good at putting more than one runner on base for the heart of the order, for Rendon and for Soto. That was his best attribute for this group, and it stopped this season. And they needed him in that two-hole to help produce. They had to have him give more, and he did not. And I think for that cost, at that point in time, and the Nationals needing some more offense, they think that right field, and this is just me speculating, but they think right field is the spot where they're going to find maybe some more offense. This is not to say that if, you know, seeing how the offseason goes, if Eaton can't find a suitor and the Nationals can't find a, an outfielder or a right fielder they like, there's a chance these two could link back up. There's a chance that the Nationals go ahead and re-sign him, but I doubt that right now. I do think there's a lot of teams that are in for Adam Eaton services that do see a player who just had a down season during COVID and uh, can still produce. And you look back once again, that World Series, he was tremendous. Uh, he hit 320 in that World Series, and he obviously has the home run in Game 6, the home run that tied the game, and then also, to helping bust open that game in Game 7. So Adam Eaton, a lot of big moments across the board for the Nationals, especially in the playoffs, a really solid player. And during his tenure in D.C., you know, I know the Nationals gave up a lot in that trade for Adam Eaton, but he was undoubtedly a very important part of the Nationals World Series and also building up to that point as well, too. He was very important when he came over in 2017. He was important to the team kind of building to that point. Every single season he had in D.C., he hit very well, right? In 20, 2017 was a shortened season for him, so I won't even count that. But in 2018, hitting 301 and 2019, hitting 279. And then 2020, obviously the disappointing 226 he hit. But he was an important part of this team, no doubt. And it is so challenging to see a lot of these guys go who are part of a World Series winning team. It sucks. I mean, these guys gave us so many good moments. You know, talked about Howie Kendrick. Uh, I'm not closing the book on him yet. And I think it's kind of, you know, we'll we'll give Howie his due when we know for sure that he is not going to be a national again. But it feels like for right now, this is it for Adam Eaton with the Nats. Maybe he comes back later on down the line. The Nats are known to have brought back players, you know, who already had stints with them previously. But for right now, it appears that Adam Eaton's time in D.C. is over and very productive time uh, save this season. A lot of accomplishments and, and he helped drive this team. Uh, what a hard nose awesome player he was a great locker room guy to have for the Nats it's just tough to see it uh, kind of end the way it did very unceremoniously but that's kind of sports though like usually our heroes don't really go out uh, on top in sports right it's always kind of an unceremonious ending like we're having right now one where there's not much fanfare after Adam Eaton has a difficult 2020 shortened season where he was did not play very well and then got injured in the end 
so that one is tough to see. For Anibal Sanchez next, this one was one that they had to make, right? There is They lack stability in the starting pitching department. That is something that we've mentioned. That is something that we've talked about a considerable amount. And I did. I just did the starting pitching postseason breakdown. So if you guys want to hear more about the kind of the, the calculus and why Anibal was not a good fit, I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to that. That is in your podcast feeds. But for right now, Anibal Sanchez, once again, another guy who pretty steadying presence in the 2019 World Series campaign uh, is is gone. And that is because that $12.5 million figure was not tenable considering his performance. And this right now from Federal Baseball, I'm reading off uh, you know some of the numbers. He's 37. He was five or four and five rather in 11 starts in his second season with DC. A 6.62 ERA, 18 walks, which was 3.06 walks per nine innings, 43 Ks, which is only seven per nine innings, and 53 innings pitched. He had a two-year $19 million deal in the Nationals. Once again, they bought him out for $2 million. And for Davey Martinez, the comment was, quote, I still think he has a lot of stuff left in the tank, end quote. And then he also said, quote, I love him. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I know he can still pitch, end quote. And I think... That was kind of the send-off, right? I think Davey saw the writing on the wall and knew that Anibal would not be pitching back in D.C. the next season. But I do think Anibal is going to get picked up by some team that needs a veteran in the back of the rotation because obviously for him it's not all about velocity. It's about location and uh, working around guys, right? But, you know, And we saw a couple games this year where he was on. And obviously we saw him in the playoffs last year when he was on. So hopefully he can retain that level, but it's not going to be with D.C. And obviously that is going to op- up, open up another starting pitching spot. So that's kind of rounding out all four of those guys. All right, so when we take a break and we come back, we'll kind of start mentioning, all right, what can the Nationals look to do? What do they need to do now that they've cleared out those guys and that there is space on the roster and space also under the cap as well to make some moves? Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the best prices possible rather than charging what the market will bear like airlines do. And also, it's for everybody and does not require account login or membership. Best of all, once again, the prices are always reliably low. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right, we aren't going to go too long on this part of the podcast because Connor Jones and I tonight are going to talk about the free agency targets for the Nationals. Now they've made these moves, where should they go? But, But for a second, let's talk about what is on the books, what the Nationals have down for sure. So according to Track, they've got $130 million in payroll allocations for players signed next year. Now, some of this is estimates, so it is not completely accurate, all right? But what we do know, here are the contracts we do know. Jan Gomes next year for $6 million. Tres Barrera, obviously still in the farm system. He is listed as the other, as the other catcher. I don't suspect it's going to be him. Um, so right now, I'd really just say $6 million at that catcher position. Second base. Starlin Castro for $6 million. 
and then Josh Harrison for $1 million. Obviously, Josh Harrison is going to be a utility player next year, so he will move around. Our first estimate comes with Trey Turner at shortstop. $13 million is what Spotrac estimates. Uh, I would say it's probably somewhere within that range, right? It's probably going to be above 10. So we will see there. Juan Soto is estimated at $6.5 million. Once again, hard to know these guys, but I would assume it is somewhere in that range. Um, Yadiel Hernandez, Victor Robles, and Andrew Stevenson all still under control. At shortstop, Luis Garcia and Carter Keboom both under control as well, too, so still on their uh, original contracts. Okay. Steven Strasburg for pitching, $35 million. Scherzer, 34. Corbin, uh, 24.5. And then Joe Ross is estimated at about 1.5. We will see where that number ends up. Um, so they are going to need to bolster, and also Kyle McGowan as well, but he came out of the pen. So they're going to have to bolster that rotation, right? We already know that. Okay, bullpen. Uh, Will Harris and Daniel Hudson are the two ones who are technically under contract. Uh, Dakota Backus, Eric Fetty, Kyle Finnegan, Ryan Harper, Tanner Rainey, Wander Suero, Austin Voth, all still signed to the team, but their figures, uh, I believe, do not surpass over a million right now. I could be wrong on that, but I don't believe they do. All right, so those are really the guys right now that they have with the team. So they're obviously going to be filling out a lot more of this roster as we look forward, but I just wanted to take stock for a second. So today's episode was about the cuts coming. Connor and I are going to talk more tonight, and that episode will be out for tomorrow about those players and about what the Nationals should do now when they target. But I just wanted to take stock here and kind of bring that news uh, to you all and kind of say goodbye just a little bit to some of those players. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be the end for the four guys I talked about for right now. Obviously, Howie Kendrick, there's a good chance he could come back. But for him, Sanchez, Eric Thames, and for Adam Eaton, uh, it is the end of the line. Obviously, like I said, just for now. But we will see where things go. Follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me personally at Josh Neighbors. Send questions, comments, and everything there. We'd love to hear from you all, the fans. And as always, keep it locked in to your Locked On Nationals feed. Check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast, as well as the Locked On MLB podcast and the Locked On Prospects podcast. All of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network.